Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello and welcome to Property Marketing Made Easy by the Get Savvy Club. I'm Anita Baldwin and I'm here with my business partner, Anna Geary, as usual. How are you doing, Anna? I'm good, thanks. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Fabulous. And today we have um, a really interesting guest called Kevin Wheeler. And so I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to just tease it but has a really interesting backstory um that is kind of you know the the worst case scenario of the way his life went um through no fault of his own and how he's turned it around but also it's not just about that because sometimes you can kind of go oh yeah that's what he said oh he's done really well great for him how's it helped me but what he was talking about are you know if you're looking at um, rent rent hmo and lots of people hmo is kind of quite a popular strategy as it should be because you know we can't keep up with the demand for houses so I, it was even in the news this morning so what are we in now october 2023 and the news story this morning is that now it's gone up from 20 people viewing every rental property to 25 people viewing every rental property, which will just wow. mean that HMOs are just becoming more popular because people can't either afford or they can't get, you know, a whole unit. So they go for just having a, a room in a nice place. And so with interest rates, lots of the things we keep hearing are that um, you can't make rent to rent pay anymore because the interest rates are too high um, and the costs are too high. But Kevin is like, yeah, you absolutely can. And he told us, you know, how to do it. So this one is a fantastic episode. If you've been thinking about rent to rent or thinking about HMOs, this you need to listen to this to find out how to make it work for you. Yeah. So if you're at all interested, um, then this is a great episode for you. So let's get into it. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. My real name is Kevin Wheelie. Yeah, I love I love motorbikes. I've always been into to anything with wheels is what I love. Um, I was called wheelchair wheeler at school. That was my nickname back in the day. So yeah, it's all good. It's followed me definitely throughout. Cool. And it so- didn't even put you off breaking your back on a motorbike, as you mentioned earlier. It's interesting you say that, Anita. So so I started racing motocross when I was just six years old and at that point in my life there was, you know, my, my dad before he passed away gave me a collection of stuff I did at school and I wrote something when I was six years old and I'd love to show it but it's in my office and it said there you know at six years old we had to write what we're going to do when we're older and I wrote I'm, I'm going to be motocross world champion on the age of six until 16 my life was going to be I was going to go into professional motocross become a Jeep Grand Prix rider you know and hopefully go on to score points at, at Grand Prix etc but yeah, ended early from breaking my back and all my, I had to watch all my mates go on to do GPs, which is tough. Um, yeah, my life fell apart pretty pretty badly after yeah. that, I'll be very honest. You're back, yeah. you're back on bikes now, but that's not the main thing while you're here. We'll let you explain who you are and what you do in a second. Otherwise, people are going to be like, this is a bit random. I've just got this guy. It's because I said earlier, um, I was just checking out Kevin's Facebook and then I noticed that this is an event that he's, that he's organizing around like motorbikes and things yeah, where so people can actually go and race. Cool events company yeah. now as well and you, you say like it's not why we're here but th- that's what i get to do because of the the things that i've done in property yeah you know, yes. once you follow your goals in and your dreams and actually take action on those you can then go off and do the things that you really 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 love yeah for me you know i'm just about to next year we're looking to start a motocross uh, team as well where i'm gonna be sponsoring wow. a lot of a lot of kids anyway in racing 
Uh, but next year, we're going to put a proper team together, which is going to be exciting. But I wouldn't be able to do any of that unless I had the money coming from, you know, our property, property rent to rent portfolios and our property training company. So how did you get into this? And how have you made all that money? That's what people want to know, isn't it? So they can yes. do the same. It's a good question. It's, it's not always been like that. But what I just mentioned then, when I broke my back at 16, all of all of a sudden, my life disappeared underneath me. My dream was gone. Um, I had to watch. I, I couldn't watch motocross for ten years after that. I just couldn't be in the same room as it. Not in the racing the room, obviously outside. Yeah, I turned seventeen then, and my life just drifted a bit. My parents. I was living at home. Come from you know very humble beginnings from a council estate, and you know never had a lot. My parents never argued, but when they did, it was about money because we never had any of it. I remember when we used to finish racing on a Sunday, we'd have a Chinese and we'd all share a fried rice, a portion of chips and a curry sauce between four of us. But that was like, wow, we're having a Chinese tonight. It's amazing, you know, (laughs) back then. But yeah, I I sort of turned 17. Yeah, I went off the rails a little bit, in all honesty, because I didn't have that, that, that purpose anymore in my life, which was motocross. And then when I just turned 18, my parents said they were moving away and they were moving to... About an hour away, but at the time I had a girlfriend in an hour when you're 18, seems like, well, you're going to Australia, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved out. I was full time in college. I moved into my first HMO room at that age. Ah. 18, yeah. So that was my first start of getting on the HMO. I bet it was nothing like what your HMOs are like now. Was it? Ah, do, do you know what, Anna? I remember walking in, opening the door like that, thinking, yeah, I've done it. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now. I can look after myself. And it was £250 a month I was paying. I remember opening the door, and I still remember it to today. There was a big green carpet with, with <laughs> yellow six stains, big round oh, six stains. And then I looked left to the single bed, and I was like, Almost like somebody had been massacred in there. It was it was just this horrendous. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was more bed sit than yeah. Oh, t- t- totally that, Anita. And I was too too stubborn to 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 go and live with my parents. But I've made the decision. This is what I'm going to do. From then, I was then I had to up my hours at ASDA. I was working nights at ASDA, college full time during the day, and then I just yeah, I, I quick I basically got thrown out of college. I had 52 percent attendance, so wasn't allowed to attend college anymore. Went off the rails a bit. Do I regret that? Not really. College didn't do anything for me. And then I... It's the path you had to follow, isn't it? It it is. We've all got our paths. And 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 my struggle, mine wasn't, you know, I've... I wasn't born with a silver spoon. Mine was a struggle. And I got booted out of my HMO property because I fell behind in the rent. And I lived in my car for a year. You know, wow. it, was, it was tough. I was working at Asda. Um, all my clothes are in the back. I was sleeping on the back seat of my car. I always joke now with my mates. I had an ensuite, so I just opened the door and I could take a piss out the door. It was, it was pretty <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, my, my, my car started really smelling really, really badly. And I couldn't find out what it was for ages. And we used to play a lot of practical jokes on each other back then. And my mate used to work on the fish counter and stuck a fish. Oh, no. That was my house, and I didn't find it very funny then. But yeah. No, I wouldn't find that very funny. <laughs> um, so from there, you know, I, a friend of mine, his mum said I could live on their couch, which I did for six months. Um, and then from there, uh, my friend said I could move in with him, him and his mum and dad. So, yeah, life was really, really tough. During that time, I then became an estate agent around sort of 19, 20 years old, and I started to see, you know what, the same people keep buying the same properties. You know, what, what was going on here? Just repeat, repeat business. And I knew I wanted to get into property investing, but I never really had the money to do it. And I think I was 22 when I bought my first, first buy to let property, saved up, like finally got my shit together and saved up, uh, bought my first buy to let. Thought I was a property investor, you know, waving my keys around, thinking I was all that. Uh, and then realized that 
this property was only making me 300 pounds per month profit you know because i was i was i didn't know anything about property I but you've always you've got a bank in case something breaks in the actual yeah, property you, as well you, you're knackered aren't you you know mm. and i thought wow to get to say three grand a month i'm going to need about two hundred and fifty thousand pounds to do mm. that off the to buy to less and mm. it just wasn't going to happen for me so i gave up at that point um continued to be a state agent then a mortgage advisor so i've always been around property and then i met my wife and thought I need to do something else. I need to better myself. I was working six days a week, 12 hours a day. Anyone that's involved in mortgages knows you've got to be there when everybody else has finished work to do the appointments, right? So it was tough. So I started looking around for other things, but I didn't have any money to get started because my wife and I were trying to have a child at that point and uh, we, we couldn't have children naturally. So we, we had seven rounds of IVF. Wow. Uh, yeah, 32K on a credit card. We, we were broke. Wow absolutely broke i yeah. remember my wife she used to work as cabin crew for virgin she'd do one extra shift get paid an extra hundred pounds a month and we'd be like oh my gosh what are we going to spend this hundred pound on we're, we're loaded and it mm. really really felt like that and it, it was tough so then I, I started to try and find right i need to get do something else but i don't have the money to buy properties and then that's when i found rent to rent things changed a heck of a lot at that point so when was that what kind of era when we're talking about well i've been through the last recession of 2008 so yeah, we're talking i don't know 15 years ago something all oh, like right that. so yeah right before anyone was really doing that kind of thing uh, yeah i need to it used to be people would say to go away leave me alone you know they yeah. still do to a degree now when you're doing it but everybody knows what rent to rent is now it's, it's very different uh, but but the things really changed for me I knew I had to do something different and we did and I, with my first property I remember it now first rent to rent it made 916 pounds per month uh, in Edgebaston in Birmingham and I said to my wife you, you can quit your job you can, you can stay at home now and, and you know and, and, and uh, not have to work anymore because you want because at the time it was it's horrendous anyone that's been through IVF will know what kind of what the what the what the woman has to go through and I wouldn't wish it on anyone so yeah things things went well and then I started building up then I, I was still kind of working as well just doing that that on the side and then it really kicked off I guess when I was we my, I, we lost our nephew it's just 17 years old to cancer um which mm. was just 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 horrific and I remember okay. uh, being in being in hospital in the critical care unit with, with him and I'd just taken on a rent to rent property at the time and I remember I had to my wife you know it wasn't a nice day I, I still look at it now my wife was in tears we thought he was going to pass you know very very soon after but I had to go and go back to this rent to rent property to build the flat pack furniture because mm -hmm. if I didn't get the rooms out, I couldn't afford two and a half thousand pounds a month to pay for the rent. And it was, yeah. it was great. And I remember going to that property and it just hurt me so bad. And I thought, you know what, I've got to do something different here. And, you know, that's when I started to systemize the business and build it up a bit. Um, and I quit my job. And then things changed, you know, massively from there. What? So when you quit your job, what was? What did you do? Just start knocking on estate agents' doors, saying, "Not right, I need these properties." Yeah, well, what I'm looking to. Yeah, oh, hustle on. Yeah, I, so yeah, I took a I took a secondment to start with because I was like, "Oh my gosh," you know, because the trouble is when we're working for somebody else and we've got a job, we're so used to that 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 income coming every month. You know, no matter what, if I have 21 sick days this month, I'm still going to get paid X amount of money, right? And it, it was like taking that leap from from leaving a job to you know to, to becoming the entrepreneur that, that I am now was hard. You know, I put it off and put it off and put it off. But yeah, I took a secondment for two months, and I was due to go back. And I rang my boss and said, "I'm not coming back in." Uh, and I remember that call because my hand nearly shook the yeah. phone out. <laughs> I was terrified. Um, 
but it's the best thing I've ever done. We've got, you know, 34 rent-to-rent properties now. You know, wow. we, we, we've got uh, multiple businesses and property. We have a, a rent-to-rent training company. We've got a crypto training company now. Uh, I, I run a motocross events company, which is my passion. Um, so things, yeah, things change a lot. Yeah. So things have changed a lot in the economy in the last couple of years, haven't they? So yeah. is rent-to-rent, can it still work? I know a lot of people who are thinking about it or lots of people who are doing it and struggling with it. Um, so you're the expert. Can it still work and how do you make it work? It's bigger and better than it's ever been. We've had the yeah. most success. Us and our mentees have had the most successful year, year we've ever had. Just wow. yesterday, we took on five more rent to rent properties, which are going to make us over £4,000 per month from properties we don't even own. Um, and those properties cost us less than £3,000 to take on in its entirety. But the reason why, and it's a great question, Anita, is during, I saw this during the last recession, and we'll see it again during this one now. And it's only going to get worse next year, in my opinion. We've not hit that, you know, the top part of it yet. Um, but when we go through a recession, less people buy houses. Mm. like they are now hence why most houses in the uk are being reduced because interest rates are you know what well i don't call them sky high because that's what i've always been used mm. to until the last yeah. few years, but a lot of people would so less people buy houses because they can't afford to so more people rent houses and rent flats and rent rooms and then all of a sudden the supply and demand model works which means that because more people are renting all of a sudden you've got 20 people trying to rent one house or rent one one flat so the, the rental prices start to increase so you get less people renting houses, more people renting flats, less people renting flats, more people renting rooms. And what we've seen over the last 12 months is we're getting a different kind of clientele now in our rooms. Uh, we, we aim for the professional market anyway, but even more so, you know, your doctors, your nurses, your surgeons, etc. you know, your airline pilots, more of those sort of people are starting to come through now because they don't want to the money on renting. Mm. So all your rent to rent HMOs? Yeah, so we, we did have a lot of SAs. Um, mm. I don't particularly like the SA strategy, I'll be totally honest. I know, we see, I know we see a lot of people on social media, you know, saying, oh, I've got this book in, it's worth 20 grand or whatever it is. But I like strategies that will stand the test of time. And I think it was the 28th of March 2019 when COVID, COVID really hit and we had the lockdown. And we had a lot of SAs at that point and we lost £120,000 worth of bookings back like that overnight just wow. gone and as much as SA is okay I think the model is exhausted and I think there's the Airbnb and booking.com model doesn't work we still do do it but we now get relationships with contractors who rent the properties for one year two years mm. three years but at what at, at an increased rate than what you'd normally rent out at, you know a, a normal buy to let I'm not a big fan of, of SA not not in it's not in the way that people try and tell you it works yeah so when you rent a property then to do it as a HMO do you have to renovate that property at all or do you just yeah I think it's a great question so I see a lot of people doing that we don't do that I mean what you've got right. to remember with rent to rent is it's a low money down property strategy so when I see people spending five ten grand on a property to, to renovate it that's no longer a low money down yeah. property strategy and the only person that's benefiting from that is the landlord because it yeah. will probably take you 12 months to get your money back out of a deal then, you know. So we don't. We take on existing houses of multiple occupancy. Um, generally, they're furnished. Generally, they're dressed. We help to negotiate. So the properties we've just taken on, they've got all new furniture in. They're all new. They're, they're all en suite rooms as well. Uh, and they're all new all new furniture and they've all been painted and they're all, all really nice mm. and we So what's the story behind those particular ones then? Just somebody had a go at it and then realised there is actually – work to it if they they don't do it on like obviously you've got economies of scale so you've got your systems processes you've done it for a while you've got 34 you know what to do with it is it just the fact that someone's had a go 
and then thought, oh, sod that, I'm just going to not do it anymore? Or Yeah, again, it's, it's a great question. It's, it's more than that, Anna, it's more than that. So what we're seeing is that we, special, we take on existing houses multiple occupancy, HMOs, okay? And generally they're student HMOs because that's what mm -hmm. most students rent. But what we've seen, especially over the last five years or so now, is we've seen a, a, a reduction in the amount of people going to university quite heavily. You know, kids these days don't want to be doctors or barristers. They want to be Instagram models or influencers. Too much like hard work, isn't it? Yeah, it, it totally is. They want the, the path for least resistance. How can yeah. I make money without working for 50 years? And why not? Um, so what we've seen is, especially around this sort of time now, is there's a lot more HMOs that get left on the market. We're never going to get a family renting a HMO. So if they're not rented to students, it means they stay on the market for another year, which is no good to anyone. What we've also seen is the um, universities have cottoned on to the fact that there are uh, there's a lot of money to be made from student accommodation. So they started building the big high-rise buildings everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, and some of these have got swimming pools, gyms, bars, nightclubs. I, I'd yeah. want to – they've got it too easy these days. And this is why I try – like everything I do now is for my daughter, and, and I don't give her everything. You know, she has to earn what she does. You know, yes, she goes to school, but we have a lesson a week on entrepreneurship, how money works, et cetera. And, you know, I think the, these days it's just – I don't know. Maybe we just sound old, right? It's probably what my dad said as well. But yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, true. It is, yeah, it is. No, it is. But it's right. So mm. how do you make them work if they're not making them work then? So what we do is we specialise in having a target market. So we take existing houses, multiple occupancy from the landlords for three, four or five years. Um, and we rent the properties out to professionals, not the student market. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of landlords have been transfixed on doing the student market. And therefore, they, they don't understand how to pivot and go to a different yeah. market. Yeah. Um, but we so if, if it's, so we're recording this in like October. So in their yeah. head, then, if they haven't got the students in right now, they feel like they're fucked until next year. Pretty much, mm -hmm. they got. Yeah. So what you, and it's amazing, Anna. So what you see, like, is like you'll see a reduction in price in HMOs for could be as much as 40 percent, you know, around now compared to what they were at, yeah. because they can't rent them out, so they get reduced massively. Uh, but we specialize in the NHS market, so we get contracts with a lot of hospitals, for example, where we take on an eight-bed all-ensuite property. We'll give it to Luton Hospital, for example. They'll fill all the rooms and give us one payment for all, all the rooms. That's not all the time, but that's what we specialize in is the NHS market. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you've got like, you don't have to run around trying to find these people. You've, you've got your direct source, so you've got a clear strategy to follow. Yeah, that, that's our main source. Not to, not to say we don't do it the other way, but we, we also, over the years, and how we teach our mentees as well, is we create our own CRM system. So everybody and anybody that ever contacts us about uh, about a room, a lot like you would as an estate agent, you say, can I take a few details and we'll, we'll contact yeah. you we've got something. And then we use you know things like text local. So we're, we've got thousands of people on our CRM. We just press literally press, send a text out. We've got this five-bed all-on-suite property in Luton Town Centre, wherever it is, uh, when would you like to view? And then all of a sudden, we're not reliant on spare room and other things like that. So, yeah, there's, yeah. there's many ways to, 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 to do the strategy. I think the difference is you've kind of set a goal and you're doing the background work so that it's easier in the long run, isn't it? And you've got a clear vision of who you want that property to be rented by and what's going to get you the maximum return for the minimum amount of like work renting rooms all the time it, it absolutely is that you know absolutely and that's the way we coach our mentees as well like to give you an example steve brotigan he's got uh 21 properties now uh, he's been with us for about 18 months and you know he 
to give you an example, he took on a property in Brighton on Friday, picked up the keys on Friday. On Saturday, he had 26 viewings wow. and rented, obviously rented all the rooms out. And so a lot of our, like what we do and our mentees do, we're either renting the rooms out before we collect the keys or within the first 72 hours. That's yeah. how we do it. And we always get the first month's rent for free as well. You know, so it obviously helps with that. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think the people, I think rent to rent, sometimes people can say, you know, it's, it's not a great strategy. It's not this or not that. But what you've got to understand is that not everybody has hundreds of thousands of pounds to go out there and just buy houses. I wish no, you did. Really. I wish I had that when I first started, but, but I didn't. And not everyone does. And with rent to rent, you know, you can make a phone call today, book a viewing to go and see a property tomorrow, pick up the keys on Monday. And there's no stamp duty, legal costs. There's no, you know, I'm buying a property at the moment. It's taken it's over nine months. It's taken. We're still not there. Yeah. <laughs> Just insane. And, you know, once the journey we take them through is, you know, to get them to £10,000 per month profit within 12 months. And then all of a sudden they've got a nice foundation of cash flow which they can then use to start buying, you know, create that foundation first. Yeah, it's a, it is a great way for people to get in wherever wherever they're at, to just get in, get started. It's about action taking. And I think the problem is with all of the property strategies, if you don't take action, you won't get anywhere. And a lot of people just get stuck in that learning phase, don't they? Like often I, we speak to clients and they, they might um, come along and join us uh, on, our, on our program that helps people use social media to raise their profiles, to, en- to enable them to do this. But sometimes I speak to people and they've been to multiple different property education companies, bought various mm-hmm. different courses, but still haven't taken that, that step. So with the people that are in your world, what do you think differentiates them? Is there any magic thing that somebody have got or yeah, and do I, you I, know when you meet someone like, okay, this person's going to take action? Yeah, I think it's more than that. I think it's the way that we do, we run our training company. So you'll never see us running adverts, for example, you know, you'll, you'll never see us, doing big events where you can come for free and if you come for free today you know you don't have to sign up but i'm going to put you in a hot put you in a boiler room where you have to run to the back of the room to pay pay the money yeah. and you'll pay three grand for that and if you want the next course it's 20 grand but if you do it today it's a penny you, you you'll, you'll never get that with us ours is not a theoretical training program ours is more of an apprenticeship where i will work with that person on a one-to-one basis after every session we do they have to take action. It's non-negotiable because we have accountability calls. You know, I'm there for them all the time. I check every single one of their deals before they take it on. When they, when they go and take their first property on, I go with them, pick up the keys with them, check the contract for them before they sign it, go to the property with them, show them how to dress their rooms, give them face-to-face um, sales training on how to rent their rooms out fast. It's, 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 it's more, if you join the Empowering Network, you know, mentorship program, then you will take action because it's an apprenticeship, not a, I'm going to take a few notes and I may or may not do something. Yeah. I think good. also because you're just showing people how to do this one thing, they do that one thing. And I think some people um, learn so many different strategies. Like I was talking to someone only the other day and he was openly admitting that, you know, he'd go on a weekend thing and he'd learn a strategy and he'd go home and he'd say to his wife, right, we're going to do this strategy. Here's what we're going to do. Then he'd go on another weekend thing and learn another strategy. And he'd go, like, no, scrap that. Now we're going to do this. This is the thing that's going to yeah. And wouldn't actually take action because he's so busy learning things and being so enthusiastic about them. Whereas when you, it's like the like we're frozen by choice, aren't we? And when you learn one thing and you've got one thing to do, you're far more likely to do it, aren't you? You, you totally are. You've got to follow one course of action until successful, because otherwise you're never. Well, there is no right or wrong at the end of the day, is there? It's just about taking all the action. strategies work. It's just yeah, yeah. picking one yeah. and going for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. they totally, they they totally all work. But you wouldn't become a carpenter, a plumber, a bricklayer 
you know, an architect and learn all yeah. those and do those all at the same time. You know, it just it wouldn't yeah. happen. They're, they're the people that are doing the uh, bro strategy. They're yeah. all trying to be all of those things as well. Yeah, at the that's same right. Time. That's right. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> like that. All the flips people and whatnot. You're like, no, no, put that paintbrush down. Yeah. You're like not supposed to be like doing the do. You've got to get the people well, to do that. That's it. And I think Anita said earlier, do, do we do refurbs on properties? No. We're sold mm. on our product. Mm. We know that mm. we are going to be providing the landlord with the guaranteed rent for the three, four or five years. And no ifs, no, no buts or maybes because I've never let one of our students fail and, and I never would. And more, it's more than that. We're taking care of the tenants. They're just dealing with one person. That's worth something if you do it right. And, and that's why we get so many estate agents these days that, that, that will just send us a WhatsApp message with a video and say, Kevin, do you want this property? Because they know how we work and they're happy with how we work. And you don't need to you know, pull your pants down to do a deal. You've got to be sold. No, you're right. It's still a relationship game at the end of the day, which is why when we teach people social media and they're like, oh, so we use our company page and I've got this logo. And we're like, no, you do it all on your personal profile and you just put your face out there because it's still a relationship game. and People need to trust you and like you to want to do business with you in, any, in anything, don't they? Yeah, you, I mean, you'll never succeed at anything if you can't build relationships. And mm. that, that's a fact, you know. Like the, the the properties we picked up this week, that's 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 a relationship we've got. You know, I, I drove seven and a half hours to to meet somebody, and at the end of that, we took on five properties because of it. And you know, and that didn't just come; it didn't just happen. Yeah. Hey. I come and see you that yeah. that relationship is only just blossom that's taken me 12 months to blossom that relationship yeah yeah and exactly people have got to realize when they first get into it they're going to mm. suck at loads of as- aspects of it they're going to yeah. have to go through people putting the phone down on them or telling them that's not a thing or yes. fuck off, yeah. basically and it's only through enduring it and just keeping going that actually then you start to get the messages back to you saying oh because they know like and trust you by then you've done business with you they've done business with you and they they appreciate who you are and how you work so then yeah it comes back but it's not instant by any means is it it's really not you know anybody that's looking to get into any property strategy you know my my business partner simon taylor he runs a crypto branch of of our company as well and we also provide training on that and you know he's making insane goal insane returns on that side but anything and everything that that you start doing will be the hardest thing you've ever done it it really will there's no coming into it yeah i've joined a program well i'm making three grand a month doesn't exist don't let anyone tell you it exists it's not there secret sauce special pack yeah and nobody's coming to save you you've got to do the work yourself i love that saying yeah yeah. Um, um, so crypto, tell us more about that then. That's had a bit of a bad press, hasn't it? It depends who you talk to. depends mm. who, you, who you network with. It depends who you socialise with, uh, people that I socialise with and network with. We know the gangs that are involved. We know how much so I, want, I, tr- I wanted to get into it in a really small way because my son's 14 and we've got nothing in common. <laughs> we, we, we hate each other. And so I thought, <laughs> oh, actually, but he likes money. And I thought, oh, that's something we can do together and invest a bit. But I tried to look at it and it's so complicated. I just was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, can't understand it. It, it is complicated, but then so was property investing when, you, when we first started. True, yeah, so, yeah. So, so was marketing when we first started. So was our first day at school when we first started. So was driving a car when we first started. Everything's hard until it's not, you know. Mm. There's nothing on this planet that's hard. It's just new. So what I would mm. say is, is right now it's, it's maybe it's just new for yourself and you need to learn and find out about it a bit more. So what is the best way to learn and find out about it then? The, the best way to, to, to find out and learn is 
to, to do it for free, you could YouTube it, follow the right people because there's a lot of scammy people in, in crypto. So you've got to follow the right people. Follow my business partner, Simon Taylor, you know, see what oh, yeah. he does. Um, but it's like, like, for example, you talk about y- your son there, Anita, like yeah. I've, I've got a fund for my daughter, but I don't stick it in a bank account or, or in a bond. It's all in crypto, all of it. You know, mm. I pay an X amount of money in every month and it's all in crypto. And, you know, it's whether you believe in it or not, it is going to happen. You know, you're going to get digital currency. It's coming in, you know, COVID, et cetera. That was all brought in for, to build up to this, to a cashless society. And we're going to be in a position where there will be no such thing as cash or be the digital. Well, governments don't like crypto, do they? Because they're not in control of it. Exactly that. Because, you know, if we, if we look at M2, I don't know how long we got. I'm a bit of a geek. So, you know, <laughs> but if we look at M2, which is which is a money supply, you know, and, but every year the money is worthless. Cash is worthless because we print, we, we're getting it, we're getting problems. Find out, oh, let's just print a load more. Let's print mm-hmm. a load more. And the M2 just, M2 supply just increases, increases. But the difference with crypto or Bitcoin, I should say, is there is only ever going to be a certain amount of Bitcoin, no matter what. And the government can't control that. Nobody can control that. Satoshi can, can control that, the person that, that, that brought about Bitcoin. But, but no one knows who he is. Genius. Which is even better. Which is mm. even better. Imagine that, you know, imagine how many Bitcoin he's got if you didn't know who he was. You know, be targeted. Yeah. Yeah. What a clever guy he is as well. Yeah. So so that's the thing. So, so digital currency is going to come. We can't do anything about it unless... A lot of people say, oh, we need to stand up. Well, nobody ever does. Let's be real. You know, we haven't got an army of people charging down parliament right now and say we're not doing this. So it, it's it's going to happen. We'll move to CPDs and, and digital currency. And when we do, it will be Bitcoin. I talk about Bitcoin because it's the big daddy of, of crypto, but it's, it's all it's all going to just increase in price. You know, I think Bitcoin is currently valued around $27,000. I haven't got a crystal ball, but, you know, they say it's worth a hundred thousand dollars in two years time. That's a four X from here, you know, and, and not just that you've got all the other coins as well, but yeah, that's more my, my business partner, Simon, that's more his, his oh, thing. Yeah. But amazing. I'll have to look at his YouTube and see. Oh, maybe, maybe it's time to revisit it and yeah, find uh, someone to help. Maybe Anita, just tell him you really don't understand it and you don't want anything <laughs> to do with it. And then he'll just, Get on with it. There's there's a book. He's you a fourteen year old boy. Have <laughs> you met? That you no, but got to go against yet. no, to go against you. But that's mm. what I mean. Like, oh, mum's not interested in it. I'll, I'll get interested in it. Do you know I what should, I mean? you should, you should look at. There's a book you could read, or he could read, or an audible that really helps. It's called the Bitcoin Standard. Oh, and yeah, that will cool. tell you everything you need to know, or not everything, but that will give you a really good foundational knowledge of what Bitcoin is and what it what it's going to be. And you know, like for example, like right now we're not buying houses. Right now we're investing in Bitcoin. So the money we're making from our rent to rent the money we're making from our, our training companies we're investing in crypto because that's what we trust it's going to be going to, going to be the the one I think that's that going to give you a better return than than bricks and mortar over the next three or four years 100 percent, definitely yeah. and yeah. we're coming up to the bull run as well hopefully next year uh which is a cycle that just we just get massive growth and i think if you miss out on the next bull run there may not be another one because it's going to be mass there's going to be a lot of people that come into it after the next bull run um, yeah. so to me this is like Investing in Bitcoin. The next right bull, like, like bull charge of the bulls. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah. So, so you have the bulls and the bears, if you like. The bears are trying to drive the price down. The bulls are trying to drive the price up. 
But, you know, what you have is you have like a, what we call a bull run that happens and the market just literally accelerates more than you've ever seen in your life for a certain period of time. And where people lose money is they stay in it and they stay in it when it comes back down. Okay, yeah. And what's that, cyclical or based on events or pure it's, who the hell knows? Or Yeah, it's been, it's been cyclical so far, but we're now getting mass adoption coming in. You know, BlackRock mm. is now coming in. Fidelity are talking about coming in. So all, all your big, big companies are, are starting to come in. And when that starts, when that does happen, and we do have mass adoption, which, in my opinion, will be after the next ball run, if not before, so next two to three years. Uh, all of a sudden, I think the crypto market or Bitcoin will start behaving a bit more like an Amazon stock or, uh, or an Apple stock, for example. Getting involved in crypto right now is like buying a house in the 1980s. Yeah. And who doesn't wish they could go back in their time machine and do that? Yeah. Buy a couple of those, yeah. Of course we do. But if you want to find out more, you know, we, we have a company called Trade, Trading Masters. Follow, follow Simon Taylor yeah. on Instagram uh, and Facebook as well. Uh, and, and, and it's epic. You know, he also trades crypto market. You know, last week he made £32,000 in 24 hours because uh, yeah. he's trading it. And, yeah, he, he's far better than what I am at it. So, yeah, message him. He'll be able to help you. Yeah, I will do. Might be serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm putting all my daughter's money into it, you know, i.e. saving for her into it, hopefully that will give you a bit more of a... She's going to either love you or hate you when she's older. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But, you know, I think it's going to be more the love. I'd like, like to think so yeah. anyway. She can listen back to this podcast and see where, where your thoughts were and what, why. why. How, how old is why she right now? now? She's she's 11 now. Oh, 12. Yeah. Nice yeah. age, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is a lovely age, but she's yeah growing up very fast. That's all. She's about say. to turn evil. It's time to get from me. Starting already, you know, yeah. coming, coming already. Um, you know, she's an only child, so for us, it's like because we couldn't have children naturally. Ava's like our miracle child, and you know, yes, we, we spoil her. Yeah, yes, we people probably think that maybe we do too much, but for us, it was like you know we couldn't have any more children this is all we could have that's why yeah. we're, we're foster parents now as well you know it's something we oh, love to do lovely. yeah yeah just, just something we, we we love to do so you know when, once you create and you become financially free you know I, I like the word financial time freedom i prefer to do whatever yeah. you want but you can then follow your passions and ours mine and gems my wife was always to you know we couldn't have more children but could we help other children and we have done and yeah it's yeah. been it's not it's easy so valuable fostering it's not it's not easy mainly because of all the bloody rules they give you um, yeah. that but also what the child has been through is the hardest mm. thing you know because they've not been through you know we, we've had children that have been made to sleep outside under a trampoline all winter you mm. know for, for weeks on end yeah. and we've had children that i won't even go into have just had the most horrendous horrific things you know happen to them and then when they come into to your household it's that they don't understand love and 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 affection and 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 like one-to-one time and well, security and you know just yeah. feeling warm safe and well fed totally anita and, and they yeah. they lash out on you because they don't yeah. understand it's not their yeah. fault but they 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 lash out or they shout or they scream or they they run away it's 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 hard it's hard yeah. but you know you must have a lot of patience yeah i, I guess so we, we've got time so my wife doesn't work you know i don't do that that much these days because you know our rent to rent businesses are mostly systemized you know it's mostly passive these days um i enjoy helping people that's why we've got our, our coach our mentorship programs because i love it i don't we only take on five people a month you know i don't 
we're not we're not mass producing people we're not we're not a sausage factory training company i'm not interested in that it's right and we've been fully booked on our program since april 2021 to give you an idea if i take on five people it means i can be there with you i can support you i can help you when you need me not uh you're not one of a hundred you don't want to ask a question because you're scared you know it's none of that what we do what is the best way for people to find out more about you yeah thank you anna so they can so like i say we don't run ads or anything all of our business is done on referrals if people contacting us through facebook so you could send me a dm on facebook or on instagram you could send my business partner simon taylor uh, a dm on instagram or facebook if you're interested in the crypto side property side for me um, and we'll have a conversation just with me there will be no robots messaging you back yeah. will, it will just be you and me working towards your goals and your dreams if you're enjoying property marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate follow and subscribe known of Kevin for a long long time actually and we've been connected over Facebook for forever it feels like way before I did any of this thing I don't even you know when you know someone but you don't know how on earth you you know them but it's funny because he does he I didn't say it on the podcast to him but how he gets people he doesn't do like any Facebook ads and he doesn't aggressively go out and sell his courses like some property education companies do he just literally showcases his life so he does what we teach people to do which is you might see him just walking along the beach like he's away again because he can because of how he's managed his business or he might just be literally just talking about his latest couple of people that he's helped do x y and z and having a chat with them and they just say so you kind of just watch from a distance and think do you know what i want some of that i want want his life how he is he's never stressed he's always seems like a nice guy um so yeah i can uh, i can really understand how people would just want to be on board with him and want to work with him to hit their goals because we do get sold to that you don't need money to do the rent-to-rent HMOs, but you do need a little bit of money. And But even better if you've got like a step-by-step guide of doing it and somebody else there to help you hold your hand to get through it. So yeah, anyway, hopefully you found loads of value in this episode and um, we'll see you on the next one. Have a great day, whatever it is you're doing. Bye. Bye. That was Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.